broadcasts of a Lone Star community radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You're listening to Lone Star Community Welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Johnny. Tony and I are here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. You can watch us live on Facebook. You can listen to us on 104.5 and 106.1 Conroe's FM. And also, um, this will be available for uh, downloading tomorrow on Google Play and iTunes, and you can listen to the podcast. We are here every Tuesday to talk about legal issues, local issues, things that our listeners are interested in, and we're very excited today to have Scott Goldman. Mr. Goldman, let me just give you a brief intro. He's here live in the studio, and we're very glad to have him, but he has been a Conroe, a Texas attorney for over 30 years. 32 years. 32 years. And he, right now, is in the middle of a runoff race for the Chief Justice of, is it the Ninth District Court of Appeals? That's correct. Okay. And, and he is going to win. So we're going to need pictures with you later. Tony remember says us that we when need we, pictures. When we appeal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll remember us. We can, we can text him to you. Remember this? Um, anyway, uh, and, and when, do the, when does the runoff start? Is it starting today? No, the runoff started actually last week, Monday. Okay. Uh, so it goes today through Friday, July 10th. Okay. Uh, this week is 7 in the morning till 7 at night. Cuts off 7 p.m. this Friday. And then the last time to vote, the very last time to vote, is next Tuesday, July 14th. And I believe that's from 7 to 7 also. But right now we can just go in and vote before 7 p.m. We go to the courthouse here in Montgomery County. You've got eight early voting locations in Montgomery County. Uh, it's not really the courthouse. It's where the criminal courtrooms, the DA's office is. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's around the corner. Behind the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of... Well, behind the annex. What's that street name? Phillips? Well, it's, it's Phillips. It's, okay. it's still... It's 105, but okay. it's the westbound side of 105. Right. And going... It's oh. when you're going out, right? Going toward I-45. Yes, going right. out because we passed it. Okay, all so right. So that's one of the early voting locations. Uh, the uh, library and community center... Uh, down in the woodlands next to Cynthia Woods Mitchell uh, Pavilion mm-hmm. is probably the biggest early voting location. And then you've got um, the community center in Willis, the community center in uh, Montgomery, 
Uh, there's two locations in uh, Magnolia, the Friendship uh, Center in Magnolia. Mm -hmm. um, and then on 1488, before you get to Magnolia, there's the um, uh, Magnolia Independent School District building. It's behind Rustic Furniture off of 1488. Oh, okay. Oh, way down there. Okay. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then you've got uh, New Caney, Bull Solace Park. And the last location is a nature um trail area off of uh, Raleigh Fuzzle Road right next to 99. Okay, wow. That's so, way far out. Yeah. That I is. I knew that was still Montgomery County. That's all it? the way it's down right the end. It's right on the edge. Yeah. Right but on the this isn't just edge. Montgomery County, though, but the ninth District uh, parameters. Oh, is it that, covers 10 counties. That's what I figured. Okay. So basically, mm -hmm. the easiest way to describe it, if you leave Montgomery County and you head east, southeast, you go through Cleveland, Dayton, Liberty. Right. continued on to to Port Arthur, mm -hmm. so it picks up Liberty County, then you get Jefferson County, then Orange, Jasper, Hardin, Newton. Uh, the farthest northern county is Tyler County, which is Woodville. I did not know that was in Montgomery, in the 9th District. Wow. Yeah, uh -huh. and that's the farthest northern county. And then if you come back west, southwest from Tyler County, you come through Polk County, San Jacinto County, back mm -hmm. to Montgomery. All right. Well, incredible that's that's a pretty big jurisdiction there um so tell our listeners you know i, I want to start with some of these questions but just i want you to just take a minute and tell us where you're from where did you go to school when you were a little kid you know okay where are you from well i actually uh, was born uh in houston texas um, what hospital um Herman Hospital. Okay, right, just right next to uh, the zoo. <laughs> okay, well, okay. well. <laughs> uh, there may be something there. <laughs> changed tremendously since then, but uh, I'd say, uh, and and I actually lived in Beaumont. Uh, that's where this court sits, is in right. Beaumont, Texas. Mm -hmm. I actually lived in Beaumont twice uh, as a child. Uh, the last time uh, after I graduated from seventh grade. Uh, George C. Marshall Junior High, which is Marshall Middle School now in Beaumont. And then we moved to Columbus, Texas, which is out I-10. How many, how many years from 7th grade to 10th grade, or how long were you in Columbus during that period? Um, started, uh, moved the summer after 7th grade to Columbus and graduated high school in 79 from Columbus High okay. School. Okay. Which is out I-10, right past Katie Seeley. Now, Columbus right. isn't in the 9th District. Just, oh, no, no. Okay, no. I didn't think that's it was. Just, that's just where I grew up when graduated from Because those are school. formative years. Those are really important years. Right. Well, and, and, and that's where living in Columbus is when I got into farming and ranching. Oh, okay. okay. So I've got a farming and ranching background, which is why I ended up going to Tarleton State University in Stephenville. Tarleton State is part of Texas A&M. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, Tarleton State University and Prairie View A&M are the only two schools in the A&M system that didn't have to do name changes. It's not. Oh, is that right? It's not. I Texas. should know. My entire family are Aggies. Yeah, Every one of Texas them. It's not Texas A&M at Kingsland or you know. Huh. The Eastland or whatever. It's you know we've kept our we've kept our, our identity, mm -hmm. and I went there, uh, graduated uh, in '83 with my undergraduate in ag education, agricultural mm -hmm. education. Mm -hmm. um, I stayed and got my master's there. I split it up equally between uh, education, animal science, and ag economics or agricultural economics, and then. Uh, Went to law school at the University of Houston Law Center and mm -hmm. uh, graduated December of 87. So you went directly to law school? Yeah, right after okay. I finished my mm -hmm. master's. So, 
And then uh, took the uh, February 88 bar, was licensed, uh, you know, in July of 88. And I've been practicing attorney uh, based out of uh, here in Conroe for 32 years now. now that's, that's pretty scary. Good right after you. you graduate from law school, what was your next step? Did you get hired by a big firm like everybody wants to? Or that's the, that's the critical juncture in practicing. What did you? What was your next step? Well, it's it's a really weird next step. Uh, Everybody's is weird. <laughs> I was I was clerking for a law firm in Houston, and uh, uh, Tom Moore was the attorney's name, and he added a daughter Tricia. And she was dating a, a man named Brantley Minor. And Brantley uh, uh, forced me into a blind date with his sister, Doris. And uh, Doris lived in River Plantation with her parents. And um, uh, That's out Fort Bend? No. no oh, here. Yeah. Oh, here. This, yeah, just, okay. Just, River. Just All right. right next to the San Jacinto River. Okay, wow. And, um, and so uh, love at first sight. Yeah. And uh, moved up here and finished uh, law school, took the bar exam, and I started interviewing with firms here in Conroe. Okay, so you were actually started work here in Conroe. I then. started work. What a great place to start work, though. Yeah. I love when I when Back I was first then, practicing in Harris. It was just it's just like it is now. It was the big city, and then you come out to Conroe, and you can actually park right by the courthouse and go right to the clerk's office. It was so wonderful. What a mm-hmm. wonderful yeah. change. So you got the. The good end of the stick coming straight up here. Started working for Reuben Hope and Associates. Oh, I uh, love, I love Reuben Hope. Yeah, Reuben was a great uh, trial attorney mm-hmm. and ended up going on to being on the Conroe Independent School mm-hmm. Board. He helped me so much in so many, I was, when I was in a dilemma, I didn't even know him. I just kind of caught him in the courthouse. I'm like, I have a question for you. And he brought me to his office and he helped me and he helped me win this one case. Oh, neat. Yeah, yeah. And then he became so our got a, state. a good mentor, too. Yeah, I got our state. Uh, he was our state uh, legislature for a while. And uh, uh, so I was with that firm for a number of years, working with Reuben, uh, mm-hmm. doing civil litigation. And then I went to work for Michael Mays, who became uh, the judge of the 410th Love District Love Michael Court. Mays. A great mediator now, too. Well, He's I've, wonderful. I've told everybody I got trained by the two greatest yes. trial attorneys yes. in Montgomery County. Yes, I actually County's know them, too. Had. That's unusual. And, yeah, yeah. What a great background. Okay. So worked with Mike Mays uh, till he took the bench in January of 97, and he had uh, another attorney with him, Mark Haas. And when Mike took the bench, Mark and I formed Haas and Goldman. And uh, started uh, basically January 97. We dissolved our partnership December 31st of uh, 2011. Mm -hmm. And then I started with Ruben's firm that had gone from Ruben Hope and Associates Mm -hmm. to Hope and Causey. Mm -hmm. So I've been with Hope and Causey since uh, 2012 to the present. Okay. So you have a really good, solid background with um, the judicial system and with practicing law here in Montgomery County. And I'm sure you've had a lot of exposure to the Ninth Court of Appeals, right? (laughs) <laughs> Try, you know, handled have. handled appeals in the Ninth Court of Appeals. Uh, I can't tell you how many, but there's been quite a few. And so, one last question. I know we're, we're trying to keep on script here with the, with the questions, but um, so uh, would, when you're elected, I know you're going to be elected. Um, are mm-hmm. you going to move back to Beaumont, or tra- how does that work? Well, uh, no, I'll be in Beaumont. Okay. Uh, the good thing about the Beaumont Court of, we call it Beaumont Court of Appeals, okay. it's the Ninth District. Mm-hmm. There's four justices, and Steve mm-hmm. McKeithen is our current mm-hmm. Chief Justice. This December will be three terms, 18 years, and mm-hmm. he's retiring. 
Steve's got a garage, I mean, an apartment mm-hmm. in Beaumont, so he drives over Monday morning and then comes back toward the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Charles Crager is also from uh, uh, Conroe, okay, and he has a garage apartment. He does the same okay, thing. Okay, so they commute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the weird thing is, is that Charles and I, I'd been with Reuben for a year and a half when John Causey and Charles Crager came on board December of 89, mm-hmm. and we practiced together, and, you know, John Causey, Charles Crager, okay. and I have been friends since December of 89. Wow. Okay. That's great. So. That's kind of scary, though. Y'all know each other. Is yeah. there, like, some kind of, in kind of collision no, we have to worry about No, it won't happen, Tony. It won't happen. I knew you were going to say that. I know, but that's, like, oh. it's, it's close. It's well, I, I know all four of the justices <laughs> okay. over there. But so far, everybody I've named has been on... Very good people, great character, uh, the best mentors ever. So, so far, so yeah. good. And my, the weird thing is, is my longest trial was six weeks in federal court in Houston. Oh, my goodness. And it was against Steve McKeithen when he oh, was no. the Montgomery County Who's attorney. Who's the judge? Oh, my goodness. Um, Lee, Lee Rosenthal. Okay. Extremely brilliant judge. Yes. Oh, I got a summary judgment on submission from him, like when I first started practicing. So he's been my hero ever since. It's like, yeah. I can't believe I got this. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, um, but six weeks. Yeah, I think that was the last. What was that case? Uh, it was um, it was a uh, wrongful death case mm-hmm. involving Montgomery County. Okay. And um, Steve and I have been close friends Who's ever that since. Who you represent? I represented the family of the okay. deceased uh, person. What was the outcome? Uh, Justice was done. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. The jury made the right decision. I was in a, okay. a I was in a Good. case against Harris County once, and we beat Harris County, and then it got overturned on a motion, notwithstanding the verdict, and that we were in the Fifth Circuit. But that, so we, I've been there too. It's yeah. difficult, and they do last a long time, weeks yeah. and weeks. And then, right. and then Leanne Johnson and I, we were on Governor Perry's short list. Oh, really? Uh, she and I were the last two to replace Justice Gauntney when he stepped down a uh-huh. year early. Really? And uh, yeah, so Justice, uh, I mean, uh, Governor Perry picked Leanne Johnson, oh. and uh, my wife and I immediately, she had to immediately file for reelection. So Doris oh. and I got on her bandwagon uh-huh. and campaigned for her. Okay. And I've known Hollis Wood. You didn't want to run for the, against her? No, no, okay. no. But you're running when now. I, let, me, let me say this real quick. When I started July of 88, the Beaumont Court of Appeals was the most liberal court of appeals in the state of Texas. Really? Really? Really. really. <laughs> and in the last, I'm going to say 20 years, I mean, McKeithen's been there 18, uh-huh. uh, it is probably the most conservative oh, court yeah. of appeals in the state of Texas. Uh-huh. Which really? one's the most uh, liberal now? Probably Paris? Corpus or, or really? San Antonio. Really? That doesn't yes. make sense. Yeah. I can see San Antonio. Okay, I was thinking maybe Dallas, but whatever. Okay, well, so, Scott Goldman, uh, tell our listeners what you're running for. Well, I'm running for Chief Justice of the Ninth District Court of Appeals, and I very much appreciate your vote, your support, and you spreading the word uh, to your friends and colleagues, anybody on Facebook, email, Twitter, text messages, anything to spread the word, to get people out to vote for me for Chief Justice, I'd greatly appreciate. Mm-hmm. And you can vote early now. Uh, and then also there are elections on Tuesday. And we'll talk, we've already talked about that. We'll talk about it a little bit more. I get asked uh, real quick about the voting, though. You said the last day to vote um, But if is we talk 10th. about the details right at the end, I think uh-huh. it'll make more sense. Okay, fine. But there's a break. I thought you could vote on Saturday. No, no, not no? this time. All right. Okay. I would tell our listeners what, or our viewers, what, what does the justice do? 
Well, most people have no concept of what a court of appeals does. Right. Because we don't do trials. Yeah. Uh, what happens is, is there's been a trial either in county court at law or in district court, and a judgment's entered by the judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one party likes the judgment, the other party doesn't like the judgment. And so either, you know, the party that is unhappy can appeal to the intermediary court, which in this case is the Ninth Court, uh, Ninth District Court of Appeals in Beaumont. So the uh, now uh, it covers all criminal and civil cases. So any uh, person that is convicted of a, of a, of a crime uh, can appeal, and that appeal is free uh, to them. They've got to go out and hire a defense attorney to handle the appeal. But the, the clerk's record, the court reporter's record, going to the court of appeals is, is free for them. Mm-hmm. Civil litigants typically have to pay, and it's basically two records. The clerk's record are all the documents that the parties want the court of appeals to consider, and then the court reporter has all the uh, typed up testimony, uh, and it can be also from hearings, pre-trial, uh, the pretrial matters before the jury's picked, and then all the testimony during trial. Um, and that makes up the court reporter's record. And those, those two records, which can be voluminous, are sent to the Court of Appeals. Mm-hmm. They sure can, can't they, Tony? Right, and if you don't have something in that record that you should have had that will help you win your case, then you are, like, really upset, and yeah. your client yeah. is too. So I always ask for the whole record, and the court yeah. reporters love it because they yeah. pay a lot of money for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so these these uh, voluminous, volum- did I say that right? Yeah, voluminous. voluminous yeah. Um, records go to the Court of Appeals. So now I've got a case on appeal, and what do you do? Well, and people are mis- you know, sort of misconstrued. They've got four judges. The judges don't get to pick and choose what cases they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And, and there's going to be one judge that is the author of the opinion, if, if there's a written opinion, and they don't get to pick who gets to be the author. It's sort of taken away from them, and it's, it's a good procedure. There's basically four different groups. You've got three judges in Group A, a di- you know, uh, for instance, McKeithen, Crager, and Horton in Group A. Then it's going to be McKeith and Crager and Johnson in Group B, mm-hmm. and and so on, where all four judges are in three of the four groups, and then and all that's handled by the clerk of the Court of Appeals. Whatever group is up next, that is next it on appeal a rotation? is on a rotation okay. basis. So well, we can't like get to the clerk somehow and no, okay, just no. checking. And the same thing on the <laughs> opinions. You know, if it if that if the, that case is assigned to Group A and that's McKeith and Crager and Horton, um, it's on a rotation system of the next judge that's up that'll author the opinion. So the only way that's going to change is if uh, McKeithen was going to author the opinion and uh, uh, Crager and Horton don't agree with him, and McKeithen becomes the, the, the minority, the dissenting opinion. Mm-hmm. So then either Crager or Horton would author the opinion. Okay. But it's okay. all set up where nobody gets to pick and choose. Everybody covers every type of case that comes before the court. Right. And they have to consider every case. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not the, the Court of Appeals to get to say, we'll, we'll consider this appeal, but not this. They have to hear every How many cases are coming through each year, though? That's a About 500. 
And so that means that that means that each justice is that more than you thought? I thought that's much less than I thought in this large area. Each justice basically authors about 125 opinions. Okay. And the good thing about the the Beaumont Court of Appeals is they don't have a backlog. Okay. So they're turning out the cases basically in the same number as new appeals are being filed. Is there a cap, though? Because I know that a few cases that I've filed with the Ninth um, have ended up in different courts. So how does that occur? The, the Texas Supreme Court decides that. It's, okay. a, it's an equalization system. Okay. So, uh, you know, if, if there is a backlog, uh, then the Texas Supreme Court can notify <coughs> the clerk mm-hmm. that X number of cases need to be transferred okay. to Whoever, the, right? We, we got we had fourteen court of appeals across right. the and state. Right, and they've been. Texas. I've had, had them go to all different ones. I've mm-hmm. had appeals that you know were going to be in Harris County or in Beaumont mm-hmm. that have ended up in Texarkana, yeah. Eastland, El Paso. And you always ask why did he get? Tra- and you, I don't right. know. <laughs> That's right. And the and the and mm-hmm. the justices don't know that it's those cases are being transferred because okay. it's when they first come in. Supreme Court notifies the clerk uh-huh. where they need to ship how many opinions. Okay. So the, clerk is really the, busy. the next the next <laughs> case that's supposed to be shipped out is shipped out. And the ju- the four justices don't even know about it. Okay, and I'm sure you're going to tell us in a minute. But how are you involved with this this uh, conglomerate of work when all the justices are doing opinions and in groups? You mean as far as being the chief justice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> You just sit back and uh, give me my food. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) Matter of fact, the difference between the chief justice salary and the other three justices' salary is about twenty five hundred bucks. Okay. Wow. And it really and truthfully, the the administrative duties are mainly during the legislative session on the Mm -hmm. budget. Okay. And it's not like as the chief justice, you go to Austin and you know argue and beg and all that there's 80 <laughs> justices in the 14 court of appeals across the state of texas okay and there's a board of judges for the for the chief justices uh-huh. and then there's a representative for the chief justices okay that presents all that to you know the legislative session how'd you know all that because i've done my homework okay. over in beaumont <laughs> okay i've talked to all four of these justices okay. and found out how everything runs i've uh-huh. met every staff member of the court from briefing attorneys to clerks okay. to secretaries the okay. whole the you know the the clerk of the court of appeals okay i've met all these people talked to them in detail mm-hmm. but that representative takes the budget request and the legislature approves you know x number of dollars and mm-hmm. that's to cover all 14 court of appeals okay. and so what they do is they divide that number by 80 okay and then you know um that the first district court of appeals in Houston may have eight judges. Mm-hmm. That's that number times eight. Okay, got it. Beaumont's got it's four justices. It's that number four times, times four. Times. Mm-hmm. So that's really set in stone. Okay. The the state, you know, creates the budget. The state handles all the computer software equipment for the court. Now, if they're squabbling squabbling among staff or something, the chief justice would step up and, you okay. know, you know, act as mediator, referee, okay. and get it solved. But these people have been over there for a long, long time. It's mm-hmm. a well-oiled machine. It's okay. running very well. Okay. Very Good. efficient right now. That's great. Um, we talked a little bit about this before, but um, why is the Ninth District Court of Appeals that you're running for the Chief Justice seat in important to Montgomery County? 
Very good question, and and most people don't really think about, know about, or really care about courts of appeals. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got a contested uh, runoff right now for the 457th District Court, a brand new district court here in Montgomery County, Mm -hmm. that, you know, is going to serve the citizens of Montgomery County, and everybody's interested in that particular race. Mm Mm-hmm. But the Ninth District Court of Appeals is an appellate court that sits in Beaumont, Texas. Right. Why Everybody should, should be interested why in Why should Montgomery this County care important. about that? And, um, and, and, and they really don't. Um, and that's what we're here for today because they don't understand. That is a yeah. very important court. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, you know, if it's criminal or if it's civil, and you want the, the, to make sure that the trial court came up with the right judgment, it's fair, just, equitable. The law was correctly followed. The, the rules were correctly followed. The attorneys acted appropriately. The parties acted appropriately. The judge acted appropriately. Mm-hmm. That's what the Court of Appeals decides when they review all this record and they have the trial transcript of everything. Mm-hmm. And if it was a fair and just decision, they uphold the judgment. Mm-hmm. If there was error committed, and the case needs to be remanded or reversed and remanded back to the trial court for a new trial, they can do that. And any party that isn't happy about the Court of Appeals decision has two options. If it's criminal, they appeal to the Court of Criminal Appeals, which is the Supreme Court of Criminal Cases. Mm -hmm. If it's civil, they appeal to the Texas uh, Supreme Court. But both of those courts get to pick and choose what they want to hear. Right, and it's a small percentage. That's I mean, so true. It could be. It could it, at times. It's under five percent of the appealed cases. Mm-hmm. They decide to appeal. So that mm-hmm. means that the court of appeals, you know, the majority of the time is the final court. That's why it is so decision. critical. Right. Here's another reason why I think it's important to uh, the citizens, the voters of Montgomery County. Um, In the last seven years, I've tried a lot of cases in Harris County and in Bear County, San Antonio. Uh, And I've tried cases all over the state of Texas, but that's been a lot of my trials. And um, how do I put this politely? We don't have any more Republican conservative judges in these big metropolitan uh, counties. Mm -hmm. We've got very liberal uh, Democratic judges. Mm -hmm. And very new liberal Democratic judges that haven't practiced law law. There's some that were elected in 2018 that started Mm -hmm. January 2019 Mm -hmm. that have never tried a case, Mm -hmm. which is scary. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I tell people that we're in a crisis and everybody doesn't know how bad the crisis is yet. Really? But worse than that, what I've been exposed to in predominantly Houston and San Antonio are judges that blatantly refuse to follow and enforce our laws. I know. <laughs> they are true. making decisions based upon their personal opinion. I know. They're basing decisions based on what the social norms are nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they think, you know, people want, what their even constituents if would even want. if mm-hmm. the people are in the minority, mm-hmm. and they are. And I've had judges that have blatantly refused to follow a court of appeals decisions. But really? More importantly, I've had judges that have blatantly refused to follow Texas Supreme Court Law. Mm-hmm. cases. 
Well, what do you do in what this do you situation? Do? I mean, I'm running like that. that all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and there were five of candidates for the, this bench in the primary, all from Montgomery County. So we were vetted by a bunch of different groups, questionnaires, interviews, everything. And I was asked, well, what are you telling us? You're not getting a fair trial? And I said, well, I don't get a fair trial from the judges. I mean, when you point out mm -hmm. a Supreme Court case that is exactly on point, that right. exactly tells them what mm -hmm. the law is mm -hmm. and exactly what mm -hmm. they are supposed to do. And it may and have a room. little bit too much political uh, flavor, then it's going to go the wrong way, depending on who And they refuse to follow it, and they basically are trying to create new law from the bench. Mm -hmm. It's called mm -hmm. legislating from the bench. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. And it is rampant in these big metropolitan judges. And so I've been exposed to that, and I tell them, I said, I'm not going to get a fair trial from the judge, but thank God for the jury system, because that jury that's picked <laughs> yes. and seated in that jury box, nine times out of ten, and that may be, I mean, it may be 95%, they yeah. get it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but what happens when the judge, doesn't, whether at Paris or wherever, doesn't allow you to bring in your evidence to try your case and so you're still not getting a fair trial because the jury doesn't get to hear all the evidence you you Appeal? do the best you can <laughs> to but, show but, the error right but let me say this the jury juries they put a lot of thought and a lot of um, heart into this process and mm -hmm. in their decision and the juries can read between the lines. Mm -hmm. They can see when one attorney is is taking advantage of the system, mm -hmm. when one attorney is being favored by the judge mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. the other attorney. That's true. They can tell. And they don't a, like it. No, and they can tell even when a judge is politely doing it, when a judge is not giving a side an attorney a fair trial. Right. right. Juries pick up on that. The problem is if they can't get to that critical piece of evidence to make their to deliberate on, you can't get it. But you have the court of appeals, right? So and as long as you've got your error. The, the great news is, is that verdict is what gives that jury verdict is what gives me a fair trial. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten, the judge pretty much has to follow the jury verdict mm -hmm. and enter a judgment to that effect. So right. I get a, I you know, I, I win the vast majority of my cases. John Causey and I are extremely successful in trial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we get it because the judge has to follow the jury verdict. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. end up getting a fair trial from the jury, not from the judge. Now, mm -hmm. again, we're talking about the big metropolitan areas. Like oh, no, East I totally Central. agree. I always go to the jury. I'm not talking about Montgomery I County. I always we go got to great, the jury. We got great judges mm -hmm. here in Montgomery County. But when you go to these big metropolitan great areas. Great judges that follow the, the law. law. But if you have a, a, a politically connected group of people that you're suing, and I can only think of a handful of cases right now that are in the paper quite a bit, don't you think the judges, even our Montgomery County judges, are swayed by that? You, you, uh, you worry about that. Um, the upper courts give them the benefit of the doubt that the judges knows what the law is, even mm -hmm. if it's an area the judge isn't familiar mm -hmm. with, and the judge applies the law according to the facts, and the judge made a right decision. But that goes at least my next question, though. Montgomery County has got fair judges, but what about the other counties in the Ninth or uh, the Beaumont Court of Appeals? Do you, what do you know about them? Uh, well, they're very, very conservative, and mm -hmm. when you're very conservative, you're 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 properly interpreting the laws. Mm -hmm. You're following the laws, mm -hmm. and you're enforcing Strict the laws. letter, right. Mm -hmm. Whether you agree with it or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not our job to 
want to sway the law or change the law based on how we feel. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of cases that I don't agree with what they stand for. Mm -hmm. But my job is to follow and enforce the law, Mm -hmm. not legislate from the bench. Mm -hmm. That's right. And that's that's why I'm running. When I first started my original push card, I set all this out that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and that's what's caused me to run for this position. Really, is that we need we need mm-hmm. to get judges that are conservative that are not going to legislate from the bench, right. but yeah. are going to follow and enforce the law. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well so you're way ahead of the game because so because you are going to win, and the polls are all in your favor, and you've got this amazing footprint. I mean, your name is everywhere. Well, let me ask you this: So, are you telling our listeners that as Chief Justice? Uh, for the Ninth uh, District Court of Appeals, you will be faithful to review the, the the appeals that are before you and ensure that the trial court judges at the lower level uh, than the Court of Appeals, the trial court judges followed the law and properly applied, you know, what was applicable. You're going to be Really that's steadfast about doing that. That's what the court of appeal judges are supposed to do. But that, that, that's great. what I'm. That's that what would I'm, be great. That's what I'm guaranteeing. There, my my old push card basically says. Is that your push card? Well, this this is <laughs> this is a newer one. He uh, likes the old one. But my old one said, you know, <laughs> you know, basically, the you know, the reason I want to be your chief justice of the Ninth District Court of Appeals mm-hmm. is that I will follow and enforce the law. I will not legislate from the bench. Yeah. Now, but that leads to the next question. Now, you're just human, so you only have so many day, time, so much time in the day, so you have to rely upon your staff, I would think, to vet through and, and, and outline the cases. So um, do you get to pick your own staff or the ones that are there, or, or how does that work? Uh, Good question. The ones that are there are been there for a long time, mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing, okay. and mm-hmm. they have their they have their game down. Okay. If they weren't doing their job properly, they wouldn't still be there. Okay. okay. So I'm not intending to go in and okay. And well, not to change staff. it out. I'm just saying that when to keep the same staff because right. they're really good staff. Yeah. I love that. Whenever I call the Ninth Court of Appeals, they um, answer right away. They're very polite. If I've got, a, they are there. They are mm-hmm. on. I love mm-hmm. this court. Mm-hmm. But um, but as far as uh, making sure from your own standpoint to make sure you have some control to to honor what you're saying um do you look at the uh do you get to choose the person that will work under you or is there a certain uh, uh i guess plan that you have in their day that these are the things that we're going to do to make sure that we don't make mistakes or how well each each justice has their own briefing attorneys okay so i'm going to basically inherit uh, Steve McKeithen's briefing attorneys. Okay. okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping nobody leaves. Okay. Because you know I mean? mm-hmm. I'm going to be the new kid. How many the, briefing attorneys are there? There typically two okay. per, per justice. Okay. Um, and so uh, their job is to do a lot of the initial research and mm-hmm. writing. And as you're aware, whoever files the appeal is mm-hmm. called the appellant. Mm-hmm. And their attorneys set forth all the case law, all the argument and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the ap- appellant's brief. Mm-hmm. The person that didn't file the appeal is the appellee, and their attorney does an appellee's brief mm-hmm. in response mm-hmm. with all the case law. So there's something to start with. Mm-hmm. Plus, the court's got a, um, a history, right. a, a bank 
of decisions and mm-hmm. you know you know what and they've seen this this is their daily routine and i clerked for the first court of appeals while i was in law school and so i kind of got to see how they ran but i don't know how the ninth court runs right. and it was kind of the same we had a bunch of clerks and it came from the bottom up and it bubbled up to the top right. and there was all these conferences but i wasn't sure if the ninth court did the same thing so you start you have a road map basically with the appellant's brief and the mm-hmm. case law the appellee's brief and the case mm-hmm. law but practicing, you being practicing attorneys, mm-hmm. it always amazes me when I go into a hearing, whether I'm filing a motion or responding to a motion, and I'm looking at the other party's case law that they're citing, I always have a tendency to go read the case. I do too. <laughs> because for some strange reason, <laughs> they lie. what the case says and what... Does it supported by their citations, right? <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's 180 degree opposite it of what is, they put in their motion or their response. But I've used that to my favor. dishonest. Well, you take it and Isn't then you that twist, lying you, to the court? It is lying yes. to the court. And but, you lose a lot of credibility when you do that. Well, I mean, no. I always hear that people lose credibility, supposedly, but I mean, they do but it But when you're lying time. and it says exact or, or opposite, it helps up. you if your judge okay. is good. That's yes. a bunny. And says, so, so yeah. I'm going to be. I'm not going to be just relying upon the attorneys and their right. briefs, right? Or my briefing attorneys, and, we, and and you're communicating with your briefing attorneys all the time. And plus, if you're the author of the opinion, you're communicating with the other two justices on the case too. Mm-hmm. So you, there's three justices. Right. That are making sure all the I's are dotted and all the T's are well, crossed. Plus, in the Ninth mm-hmm. Court of Appeals, um, at least when I write, because it has to be jurisdictional, I'm using those same opinions to cite. And so they sure. kind of know the cases. You can't really sure. lie to the very people Correct. you're trying to argue. I mean, that's like a bad well, third grader. Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Well, because you lose credibility, and I right. wouldn't want to do that anyway. Because sure. And, and to do this job, you got to love research and writing. Yeah. And, and I mean, Reuben Hope started me off doing all the research and writing, whether it's motions, responses, appeals, from the get-go. So I've been doing this for 32 years. And you yeah. enjoy reading? I, okay, then yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. But you said well, you're a trial lawyer. It's very different, reading, writing briefs and being a trial lawyer. Well, sometimes trial attorneys are very brief. They and, should be. And, and to the point, and sometimes there's perfectionists. <laughs> That are that are very very picky. Yes. And which one are you? I'm that picky perfectionist. Really? Oh my yes. gosh! Well, that's where we are. We are no longer like because <laughs> although I I know I shouldn't be that picky perfectionist, I always go. I, I try to focus on being brief, and I know I'm not. And I say I that I think you have a lot of perfectionist in you. Tony. Yeah, because I usually use. I try not to get to that word limit. I try to half it. Uh-huh. But uh, you're right. But mm-hmm. we should. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to go toward being brief. I want to ask you this. Uh, we have about what ten more minutes. We have about 10 more minutes. Why are you... So this is a runoff election, right? right. So I just want to briefly throw this out here. No bunny trails. Um, in the original election, you got you were up against four other people. Correct. Counting yourself. Correct. And uh, you got 37.25% of the vote? 30, yes. 30, <laughs> is basically, that what you said? Yeah, 37.25% of the vote with five candidates, which with is massive. five it is massive. Yeah. It's uh-huh. huge. And I don't know. Well, let me just explain to our viewers. The next person under you got at what percent of the vote? Uh, 25. Basically, he was about 8,000 votes less than what I got. 8,000 less than what yeah. you got. And it's it's required that to get the position of Chief Justice, you have to have 50% of yeah. the vote. you got to just bust that 50 point. 
owe, owe something. Well, I mean, it yeah. makes sense if you're running against just one right. other person, right. but if you're running against five people, that's, yeah. Yeah, I don't it, know how many people Five candidates, that. it's it's just You did pretty good, though. You did. You got yeah. a lot of votes, yeah. so. Yeah, I and won that's overall why in the 10 counties. We feel sure that you're, mm-hmm. yeah, you won overall. I won in the 10 counties, but really majorly won in Montgomery County. So if I can get my voters to come back out and vote in this runoff election, I'll do Are you fine. campaigning in the other counties? Yes, I am. Okay. I didn't do as good in the other counties because I was working full-time and I didn't campaign. Sure. Oh. Basically any of them. Yeah, but your, your, your billboards are everywhere. I've got signs everywhere. The, yeah, you sure do. Well, so tell our listeners why. So is, now, you, now you're in a runoff against Jay Wright. Correct. And it's a Scott Goldman against Jay Wright Correct. for Chief Justice, the seat of Chief, Chief Justice. Why are you more experienced than Jay Wright, your opponent? Well, before I answer or the, a better the candidate, final answer to that, seen. a better candidate, let me, let, me, let me approach it this way. Um, one of our other, our other race, one of the attorney's themes is, is uh, integrity matters. And um, since, the, since the runoff, since the primary, and basically we didn't do anything for the first two months, like everybody with the, with the stay-at-home coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So we've all just started here basically a month or so ago mm-hmm. and yeah. trying what a to nightmare. jumpstart our campaign. Mm-hmm. But in the runoff, what's being set out on the campaign trail or what's being put in my opponent's mailers, I don't want the voting public to be misled. Okay. Um, for instance, my opponent is trying to convince everybody that the majority of the appeals uh, on the civil side are from bench trials and not jury trials. He's also telling everybody that the majority of the civil appeals are family law cases instead of other general civil cases. Why does that matter? Well, because that's he doesn't have the experience of oh. the civil jury trials. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's just in, it's incorrect. It's incorrect, and anybody that and, you know, we we're attorneys, trial I, attorneys. I know that's know not true. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not true. And so you know that. Uh, the bulk, and he's telling people the majority of family law cases are tried to the jury. But to what not benefit? I don't understand why that's a benefit. Because he doesn't, you he he doesn't just... have the civil trial experience. Oh, okay. So see, it's just misinformation. It's misinformation because the, the vast majority of any family law trial is a bench trial. Yeah, because oh, yeah. a jury doesn't get to decide. Yeah, you get, la- you get uh, laughed property at. Property division. You or get child. laughed at. Well, the, if you bring, if you ask for a jury in most family courts, oh, then yeah. the judge and everyone else at. is like rolling their eyes. They're like seriously, mm-hmm. because most ju- of the most of the things that you're going after cannot be determined by a jury. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it'd be a popularity contest, right. whichever mm-hmm. side party mm-hmm. the jury likes. So. Mm-hmm. Most of the family law cases are bench trials. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't matter if it's family law or any other case that's a bench trial because he's, he's telling them, well, most of the appeals are bench trials. That's garbage because mm-hmm. it's actually a higher standard. It's a higher burden to set aside a judgment from a judge on a bench trial because you've got to show that the judge abused the, his or her discretion. Right. It's, it is more difficult. Right? So right. it's a lot more difficult. So the truth of the matter is, is the majority of the cases that are appealed are from civil jury trials. Okay. And when you get right down to it, I've got over 300 civil jury trials in my 32 years as a civil trial attorney, and Jay Wright only has 55. Wow, it's oh. a big difference. And and that can be verified by going to the Republican Voters of Texas PAC website 
because we all had to fill out questionnaires. And that's the exact number of civil jury trials that Jay Wright said he'd done. Now, I thought he 55. did mostly criminal, though. Now, there's the, I thought almost all criminals, my, at least my clients, all want to appeal. I don't because they're going to lose. But if they actually went to trial, uh, you must have thought that there was you know, some reasonable <coughs> doubt. And they, all, they get the automatic appeal, especially if it's a higher-level case. So what about criminal? You talked about civil. I've done over 50 appeals. Jay's done, I think, 117 appeals. And, okay. and the vast majority of Jay's appeals are, for, are criminal cases. Okay. Where, you know, the state has, you know, convicted uh, the, the felon. Mm -hmm. um, and they've got to, you know, they're going to be incarcerated. And, mm -hmm. and they hired Jay to handle their defense appeals. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's the majority of his appeals. The mm -hmm. problem is when you research those appeals and you go look at it, you're going to be hard-pressed to find one case. Mm. And I haven't found one case that Jay Wright has won on appeal of oh. a criminal case. So he's not really a brief writer or there may be not, some – we do don't know why. Know. I do hmm. not know. But hmm. he's touting I've got all, you know, 117 appeals. Really? But – 70 over 70 appeals or criminal cases that he's never won on appeal mm -hmm. so you can't say that you're the most experienced or the best qualified when you're not winning any of your appeals yeah that mean that that tells me why he wants to be in that position because he can't win them anyway just make, making an <laughs> or assessment maybe here to change the law on yeah. the criminal convictions yeah so yeah. It's, it's a problem so uh, the other thing is, and, and I've been honest with my voters and every on my everywhere I've campaigned, I've never tried a criminal case. Mm -hmm. Never have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he goes, well, I've got all this criminal trial experience. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm the most qualified. Mm -hmm. And and you've got to have criminal trial experience to be, quali to be qualified to serve as a justice on a court of appeals. And that's no, garbage. No, that's just not true. Right? Because out of our four justices that have been there, Leanne Johnson's in her second term, so she's mm -hmm. already finished six years. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Steve's finishing up three terms, 18 years. Leanne Johnson, Charles Crager, and Hollis Horton never tried a criminal case in their life. Really? Never wow. handled a criminal appeal. Well, that's not really relevant anyway because well, the truth it, of the matter, the law, I mean, that is relevant to the judges. It's not relevant relative to criminal and civil experience because the law is the law. and It's going to be the same appeal. So. We're, we're all intelligent. We all can right. read. We can sure. all figure right. it out. Right. Right. And we've got hundreds, if not thousands, of prior case law precedent mm -hmm. that you follow. Our Chief Justice tried 10 to 15 misdemeanor cases in county court at law. You know, oh, really? <laughs> you know, when he was the county attorney. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Really? Uh, he's never tried a felony criminal case <laughs> in his life. So you don't have to right. have criminal trial experience right. to be a justice you the, have to have integrity. You have to be fair. You have to be willing to read all the facts. And But integrity, I think, is the most important characteristic. You've got to have that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I agree with mm -hmm. that 100%. Perseverance and integrity. Okay. Well, we've just got a few minutes left here, so I'm really going to take, you know, just start questioning you. Who has endorsed you? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know if you can see this or not. Let's see so that's something it. else. I mean, Jay has got endorsed. Okay, is this your? Jay's got endorsed yeah. by there. Uh, is that Texas right? Right to Life. Oh, okay. okay? Mm -hmm. I've got endorsed by Texas Alliance for Life. It's the same thing. It's pro-life. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that you see on Jay's campaign stuff is Texas Right to Life. I've got seven endorsements 
Yeah. Republican Voters of Texas PAC, made up mm -hmm. of women from the seven Republican women groups in Montgomery County. Really? Texas Civil Justice League, mom and pop businesses all up to major corporations across the state of Texas that have researched and endorsed conservative candidates. Uh, Texas Homeschool Coalition, that's statewide. I've got endorsed from them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Texas Patriot PAC, which is the uh, Woodlands Tea Party group. Oh, really? uh, Civil Lawyers for Good Judges PAC, that's a Montgomery County Civil Attorneys PAC uh, that's endorsed me. Texans for Lawsuit Reform, again, uh, conservative candidates. And there's a lot more that are endorsing you because I was, when I was reading the paper, all the endorsements, that when you've gone to these two different ones, it's between you and, and Mr. Wright, um, I'm seeing a, a ton of endorsements. And yeah. it's like, wow. I mean, it, they're just, they're, and I, I was surprised that there was so, that big of a so change. So basically, don't just take my word mm -hmm. for it, mm -hmm. why I'm more qualified than my opponent. Right. Research these packs because mm -hmm. they, We've done questionnaires. We've mm -hmm. done interviews. I just didn't understand why you had so many more endorsements. What did you do differently? Did they just sui sponte have endorsed you? And no, I mean uh, we've we've been vetted and okay. and they've made their decision. Right, they okay. vetted though. You didn't yes. go after them. They came to you, and oh, after yeah. they heard the facts, they said we're going to yes. endorse. Okay, yeah. wow. So, so you know, don't just take my word that I'm right. most qualified. Go to these seven packs that have already vetted them. you, mm -hmm. and most of them have paragraphs of why they endorse me. Okay. They do. I read them. Well, how can our voters find out more about you? You have a, a website, don't Go, you? Goldmanforjudge.com. Goldmanforjudge.com. G-O-L-E-M-O-N for judge.com. M-O-N. Yeah. G-O-L-E-M-O-N. Correct. Uh, Goldmanforjudge.com. Okay. Goldman2020 at gmail.com. Uh, I've given everybody, you know, it's on, my, on all my stuff, my cell number, 936-520-2685. Oh, wow. Wow. So, You're like, what do, you, what do you call that when you save, come out with your, save. your information? Yeah. That's right. So, I mean, they can call me. They can, they can text me. They can email me. Mm -hmm. They can go to my website. It's all there. Wow. Well, we really appreciate you being on the show. Are we, is it, is it, how much longer do we have here? Like 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Okay. We really appreciate <laughs> you having you, uh, having you on our show. Thank you for having we me. We wish you the best in your election, in this election. Go out and vote. Go out and vote tonight. You can vote. And you're first on the ballot? I think I'm number two on the ballot. Oh, okay. Well, Goldman, like it's gold, but it's two. gold with, with not a D with an E. Okay. With an O. Um, <laughs> We wish you all the best. Thank you very we'll much. follow your election, and hopefully our, our listeners will be motivated to get out there and go vote. These are important issues. We need judges that apply the law. We the need Texas people to understand law. that the Ninth Court of Appeals is really, really important to people in Montgomery County. They need to get out and vote. That's it's important. Right. That's right. Listen to Tony. <laughs> uh, we uh, Thank you for listening. We want to remind you. Serve God by serving others. Okay. Absolutely. Have a great week, guys. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you very much. Mm -hmm. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.